hosts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. Well, thank you and welcome to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman, partner here at the XML Financial Group. So glad you could join us today. It's Valentine's Day, so I'm going to try and show my love for you by doing my level best to give you ideas that you can take away and do your research on. You always need to do your own research. You've heard me say this time and time again. You don't buy something just because you heard it on the podcast or you read it in a magazine. No, you need to do your own homework. Make sure it's appropriate for you. Now, we have a bunch of ground to cover today, so I don't want to waste any time. Let's get right to it. The first thing I want to do is take a look at the markets. We've had our first correction since June 2016. Last week, stocks were down 5% and down 10% from their record high on January 26th. This rally at the beginning of the year, well, you heard me say it on the past podcast, it felt like it had gone too far, too fast. And frankly, this pullback doesn't come as much of a surprise to me. To put it in perspective, a 10% correction typically happens every 18 months or so, making this, well, pretty darn normal. My strategy is, is to start buying the dip, but I'm walking. I'm not running. I don't think there's any rush here. Remember in school, they used to tell you during the fire drills that in case of an emergency, you should walk, not run. Running is just going to cause even more chaos to the chaos that's already there. Just like we had an overshoot in equities, well, we could very well have an undershoot. What typically happens is that the markets retest the lows within the first few weeks. And then they usually hold that level. Not always, but usually they hold. The implication is, is that you still have time to deploy cash or reposition your portfolio in order to take advantage of what's going on. Overall, as far as the economy is concerned, I think we're in a pretty good place right now. We're starting to break out of a long period of subpar growth. Companies are showing both top and bottom line growth here. As I mentioned last week, earnings continue to come in. For this year, IBES is forecasting 18% earnings growth. And S&P, well, they're forecasting 23% in earnings growth. Those are great numbers. Now, the difference between the two is how they account for one-time charges. But I tell you, it really doesn't matter which one you use. The point is, is that earnings should have a blowout type of year. If you use consensus estimates for the coming year or for this year, the overall market, it's trading at about 16 times earnings. That doesn't seem terribly expensive to me, especially with the earnings growth that we're seeing. When I look at a number of indicators, I get a sense that the bulk of the selling may have already occurred. It seems as if this little too far, little too fast has reversed itself. The stocks that were trading above their 50-day moving average, well, 
there were 82% of the market, and now it's back down to 18% are trading above their 50-day moving average. You could even argue that we are now oversold. The contrary indicators of investor sentiment, well, they've also corrected their excessiveness. Walk, don't run. I've seen this movie before. I think we're in a consolidation phase for the next few weeks where, again, we'll most, or most likely retest those lows. I plan on riding out the volatility and look for good opportunities because I think the longevity of the business cycle is still intact. Now, I'm going to stay focused on the financials and the industrials, which I think should benefit from my two key themes for this year one being higher interest rates, and two being a global CapEx upswing. I also like the value that I'm seeing in the energy patch. Some of these stocks, well, they've declined more than the price of oil. Doesn't make sense to me. I talked about the energy sector last week, so you might want to go back and listen to that show. No matter where you look, doesn't matter where you look, just stay disciplined in your approach and don't get sucked into the fear of missing out. Don't feel like you have to pay very high multiples just because you think the market may go back up. Buy good companies at good prices. Now, let me help you with this. Let me give you some of those that I think are selling at good prices. These are the ones I've mentioned on the show over the last few months. Obviously, I don't talk about everything we buy, but Today, I will give you another one that I haven't talked about before. As I said, my focus is on the financials, the industrials, and energy. I even like a few of the tech names. On the financial side of things, I like Synchrony Financial, symbol S-Y-F. It's trading about uh, $36.37. And what they do are the private label co-branded credit cards for people like Walmart and Lowe's and Amazon and a whole bunch of other folks. They also have two other pieces of the business, the care credit and the payment solutions. Care credit provides the financing for elective healthcare procedures and the payment solutions provide financing for big ticket items like cars and furniture. Together, they account for just over 25% of the revenues. The real focus of my thesis is on the credit card side of the business, which has been challenged over the last couple of years by credit quality issues, but that's what's giving us the opportunity to buy them. This year, I'm guessing they'll earn somewhere around $3.50, $3.45 a share, which would mean that they're trading at about 10 or 11 times this year's earnings guesstimate. This is a company I believe that's getting better, and I'm a buyer under $36. Another one, U.S. Bank Corps, symbol USB, which I think is the best bank in America. I'm a buyer here under 52. Now, on the industrial side of things, I've talked about Snap-on, symbol SNA. Snap-on looks attractive to me. It's trading at about $160. They've been growing their earnings at better than 19% a year on average for the last five years. And they've been there growing their dividend at about 12% per year on average for the last five years. 
I think they can generate between $11 and $12 in free cash flow. That's money that they can use to pay the dividend, buy back stock, or do acquisitions. They have a pretty good balance sheet, and balance sheets do matter. Value Line gives them an A-plus for financial strength. They get a 95 for earnings predictability on a scale of 1 to 100, 100 being the highest. And they get a 2 for safety. These are all pretty high marks. I'm a buyer under 160. Let's step away. And when we come back, we'll take a look at one that we've been buying that we haven't talked about on the show before. This is Eric Whiteman for Common Sense Investing. We'll be back in just a minute. You've worked hard. You've saved and invested along the way. Now you want to make sure all your hard work pays off so you can do what matters most to you, whether it's giving back to your community or ensuring a safe, comfortable retirement. It's never too late to start planning. Now's the time to get the advice you deserve. Hi, this is Eric Whiteman of the XML Financial Group. If you want someone who can help you navigate the investment landscape, then please visit us at our website, xmlfg.com or call us at 301-770-5234. Well, thank you and welcome back to today's edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman. And before we went to the break, well, we were talking about stocks and I want to give you a few more that you might want to look at and see if you can get the opportunity that you've been searching for. If you have a question for the show, you can email us at podcast at xmlfg.com. Once again, it's podcast, which is plural, at xmlfg.com. I think you can look at Cisco, symbol CSCO, under $40, that is. Now, it's a good company, not a great company, but hey, that's just me talking. I think longer term, Cisco can grow their earnings in the 6 to 7% range. And when you add in the dividend that's sitting just around 3%, well, together, that adds up to a pretty decent total return story. Think about it. 7% earnings, 3% dividend growth. Even I can do that math. It's 10%. And that's assuming there's no expansion or compression of the multiple. Now, what I find really interesting about Cisco is the amount of cash they generate. I love, I love cash. Right now, they have about $14 a share on their balance sheet. And if they pay off all their long-term debt, well, they'd still have about $9 per share of cash on their balance sheet. So think of it this way, about 25% of their market capitalization is in cash. Let's spend a second talking about cash. You've heard about tax reform, right? And how companies are going to bring back the money that they've had parked overseas. Well, they're going to bring it back home. And a lot of folks are trying to guess what these companies are going to do with that money that they bring back. Are they going to increase the dividend? Maybe pay a special dividend? Are they going to buy back stock? Maybe do some strategic acquisitions? Who knows? Here's the real question. What's better for the shareholders like you and I? Let's just focus on the dividend versus share buyback question. I like both, but I do think it matters which one they do. I don't want a company to do a share buyback 
just because they have the money and it sounds good. Make for a great press release, right? I don't want them to do that. If a company is overvalued and they buy back stock, chances are that they're going to destroy value over the long term rather than create it. Why should they overpay for the stock just because they have the money? That's just crazy. If the company can't create long-term shareholder value by buying back stock, then they shouldn't. They should return the money to the shareholders through dividends so that they can make their own asset allocation decisions. Let them go out and figure something out that they think is of value and let them invest the money there. Let's talk about a new stock that we've been buying. CarMax, symbol KMX. CarMax is trading around $65 and they have a pretty unique business model. I got to tell you, there have been a few good companies that have tried to replicate what CarMax has done, but they haven't been quite able to pull it off. CarMax is the nation's largest used car retailer. They go out, they buy used cars, they recondition recondition them if they need to, and then they sell them in the used car markets, mostly retail. Now, the cars that don't meet that CarMax standard, they get sold off through the wholesale auctions. 85% of the business is retail and 15% is wholesaling. And there are a number of reasons why I like CarMax. One, when you walk into a CarMax, you get this transparent car buying experience. I have to tell you, I hate going to the car dealer because I'm afraid I'm going to spend hours there with the salesperson constantly telling me that they'll go back and they'll check with the manager and, you know, all that. I don't like it. I like the experience when I go to CarMax. I know when I walk in there, it's going to be pretty straightforward and pretty darn easy. There's going to be no endless haggling over price. You have a quick trade in in appraisals uh, and they actually make an offer on every appraisal they do. It's just a totally different experience. I like their business model. The second reason is right now they're in 55 U.S. markets and they estimate that they have about 5% of the market share in the markets that they serve. So I think they have a lot of opportunity to expand. I think they're only halfway built out across the U.S. So maybe they could double their locations over the next several years. In total, they only have about 3% of the total market share. The third reason is they're profitable in every market they're in. So they have a replicable, scalable business model. And of course, there's always the valuation part to it too, right? I think that they're going to earn $5 per share this year. And with the share price at about $65, well, that means that they're trading at around 13 times earnings. They haven't been this cheap since 2009, you know, during the depths of the financial recession. Over the last five years, earnings have grown at better than 15% per year on average. And the reason that they can grow their earnings like this is because they have a better operating system that's built to leverage its unique information advantage to buy and sell at profitable prices. Basically, 
they know more about their business and their markets than anyone else. I think CarMax, KMX is a buy. That's about all we have time for today. We'll be back next Wednesday. And until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow them. Okay, you've listened to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.